on today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, uh, we were supposed to have the return of retro beer ratings and watch and uh, talk about Over the Edge in Your House from 1998. Uh, and Joseph, Joseph dropped the ball. He nods. Yeah. Uh, shame on you, Joe. Joe just didn't watch it. So uh, might have a shorter episode this week because we're just going to talk about the weekly wrestling recap and some other stuff that happened this week in the news. Have a couple of listener questions. And next week, we'll throw those retro beer ratings in there. And uh, I'll uh, make sure that Joe watches it. If I have to sit next to him and hold his face next to the TV and force him to watch it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. You can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. Joe, are you ready to go? Yeah. Oh, let's go. Welcome into episode 24 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan. I am joined by Joe. What's up? Hello, Joe. We, as we always do, got some some news last week in between uh, recording and releasing the episode. Uh, I think the very first thing was Samoa Joe vacating the NXT championship. Yeah. That was uh, pretty big news, wasn't it? Yeah. So at the time, we were like, everyone was speculating, like, oh, shit, like maybe the fatal four way on Tuesday is going to be for the NXT championship now, which it ended up being. Shit just got weirder from there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Shit got weird from there. NXT this week was quite polarizing, I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. Uh, had some Had some really high highs and some. In my opinion, and I think yours and Chad, some pretty low lows because we were all, well, I guess me and him were texting throughout and then you kind of joined in at the end and was like, you guys have been texting the whole time about this. Crazy. I've also been watching the whole time. <laughs> I agree with everything you've been saying. Yeah. NXT 2.0 is mid. Ooh. <laughs> M Joe F. Yeah. But yeah, we had Samoa Joe vacate the nxt championship it led to uh yeah like we said an up and down nxt which we'll talk about when we get to the weekly recap right after we recap the news here but i mean there's some some people i don't really know what to think of it that but some people think that he's not actually injured and was just forced to give up the nxt championship yeah, I've I've seen conflicting reports that then came back and said no, it's not a work. 
he's hurt, uh, but it might not be that long that he's out. Yeah, so there's one side of the argument that's like, how is he hurt? He hasn't wrestled since the championship match, which I guess makes sense a little bit. And then also, we've also had like all the reports of like Vince potentially trying to take over NXT. And the argument there, I mean, you could see it if you have a really dumb brain. Uh, I think he's legitimately hurt. So, I mean, I think he's just in a constant state of of someone injured. Yeah, we'll just we'll call it hurt, not injured. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know the people who just think everything that they see, and and just think it's like some sort of conspiracy. Yeah, all, those I, people are stupid. Yeah, all of those people are stupid, except the people that think that the Montreal screw job was a work, because obviously. Well, yeah, I mean they've confirmed that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't even know that. Well, I mean, I feel like they have. They, I mean, they did an entire Dark Side episode where, like, way more recently than than that event happened, where they were like, where some people were like, "Yeah, it's a work," and other people were like, "Nah, it's it's definitely not." Yeah, I so. think the only major question that ne- had never got like confirmed was, did Shawn Michaels know that it was happening or not, and. I mean, come on. Probably, I think the bigger question was, did Bret Hart know that it was going to happen? Like, yeah, that too. I, I highly aspect, doubt it. I, think- I, I doubt, I doubt it based off the look, like the look on his face after it happened was just so genuine that like, there's no way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. One, one of the members of the clique done Kevin Dunn. Uh, he, I think he Kevin was one done. Wait, no, <laughs> Kevin Nash. Right. <laughs> Yeah, shit. I'm oh, like shit. half. I'm half asleep. I I don't even know who that is. I think he's Kevin Dunn's WWE like yeah. He's one of the creative main <laughs> backstage guys. Yeah, I think Nash Nash came on the uh, the Dark Side episode and he was like, yeah, Bret Hart was definitely in on it, and that's what some people think. Well, it's not 1997 or 1998 anymore. Like directly after it, so whatever. Unless the news of it ever eventually just comes out, then we'll just leave it up to speculation. Mm-hmm. The the other thing that happened last week that uh, I guess we were wrong about because the news didn't come out until after we recorded was that Dynamite had a higher TV rating than Monday Night Raw did last week after I said that they're still like miles behind Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, like literally right right after that episode came out and we like you specifically said it like it's going to be a long time before they actually catch up to raw and AEW beat the demographic of what i think it was like 19 to 24 18 to 49 is the demo sure i i way underestimated what the demo was (laughs) but yeah yeah they beat them last week they beat them this week and i mean they're almost guaranteed to beat them next week with the the Arthur Ashe show or the Grand Slam show, but crazier things have happened. But I mean, Monday Night Raw is also, it, it, obviously it's on it. They're on different nights. Raw has to go up against Monday Night Football now. Uh-huh. They're, they just never, they historically don't put up good numbers during football season. So like, it's whatever. At least Raw gave us an all-time moment this week, like a great moment, a good Raw. A good raw, yeah, not a, it not was, a bad show at all. We we had a 
pretty awesome week of wrestling. Yeah. So can't wait to talk about it. But before we do that, a couple quick things here. Uh, the next piece of news that came out was Bray Wyatt or Wyndham Rotunda, whatever he's going to be called, could potentially be debuting somewhere as early as the 29th of September. I feel like it's all but guaranteed to be AEW. That's what the rumors are, but they're rumors. His his new name's going to be Bro Wyatt, and he's going to do a, a bro gimmick. Kick off his flip-flops when he gets to the ring. If that happens, <laughs> that would be so dumb. <laughs> I mean, is it going to be AEW? I, I think it's going to be AEW. I think that they're setting up for it. I just saw something that Tony Khan said he's got another ace up his sleeve, which could be someone else. Could be the the Iconics or the Inspirations, I think is their name now, debuting a women's tag team titles. That would be pretty that's, cool. That's just speculation in my mind. That's that's not that's not something that I actually think is going to happen this week. <laughs> no. Or these coming weeks. Yeah. I also think it's going to be AEW. It's just I also saw things that said like uh, TNA was or Impact was pulling really hard to give him a huge contract and I mean, I could definitely see that happening as well. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But it's probably going to be AEW. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think it's going to be AEW. There's not really a better company to sign with right now. But then there's there's other reports that Braun Strowman is signing with Impact. I did see that. Or I think his name is going to be Braun Titan or something like that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know why. I don't know why people don't just like when they get out of WWE, why not just use your real name? I mean, some people do. Yeah. I just, I don't understand why not. Like, why not do that? doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, two more little pieces of news here. One, one a little bit bigger than the other. We'll, we'll go with the smaller piece of news. The Garganos uh, did like a video gender reveal. They're having a boy. Uh, Congrats to them. It's really all I got on that. And then uh, last night, there was a, I didn't watch it yet, so maybe I'll watch it this week and have a little bit more opinions on this. Dark Side of the Ring did the their episode on the uh, the plane ride from hell, and it basically outed Ric Flair and almost uh, like Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer, and Brock Lesnar are in hot water to say the least, on the internet right now. Uh, you want to be more, a little more specific? Well, there was the... I, I don't exactly know what Lesnar did because I didn't see any clips, but I'm assuming it's also on the, on the same lines as sexual harassment slash assault. Uh, Ric Flair did the, like, went into the bathroom or whatever, got, like, took all of his clothes off except for his Nature Boy robe and then just started, like, went up to the flight attendant kind of like cornered her in the little galley area where they prep all the food on the, on the flight and just like opened up his robe and just started doing like a helicopter swing with his dick. <laughs> and you're laughing. It's not really, it's, I guess that's not really funny. Hmm. Uh, you just said helicopter dick. And <laughs> that, that's the phrase, that, I'm the laughing phrase at. helicopter dick is funny, but <laughs> I'm laughing the action is helicopter dick. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Uh, and then Tommy Dreamer didn't necessarily do anything. It's more of what he said on the episode. 
I don't have the exact quote, but he basically just like downplayed the whole, t- whole the whole thing and just chalked it up to just like guys being dudes. And the internet, the internet is rightfully very unhappy about it. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, so I'll have to give that episode a watch. I'm definitely going to watch that now this weekend just to see like just to get all the details about it because I didn't really get to see a whole lot of a, a whole lot about it because I spent last night watching the uh, the Thursday night football game, squeezing out a uh, a Giants plus three and a half win. That was pretty dope. Won some money on that uh, and didn't watch Dark Side of the Ring. So I'm probably going to watch it this weekend and I'll have uh, I'll have some more to say about it next week after I've gotten all the facts which sick yeah that's not necessarily me saying that those things are not factual i just haven't seen it yet in fact it's definitely yeah. not it's definitely not me saying those things are not factual uh because i feel like they are all right I can see it so this would uh this would have been the time that we'd be talking about the uh, retro beer ratings but joe didn't watch it i will say it was honestly like i had zero expectation going into this i thought there was uh, definitely some good signs, decent quotes, and a couple good matches, especially the last two. Lots of fun to watch, and it got got a pretty high count. It's it's definitely in the top nice. ten for beer ratings. Uh, I'm not sure what number exactly it's in. Still have to put it in the database, but it's going to be pretty high up there. And the yeah. uh, the highest rated match ended up getting six beers. So damn. So uh, it was damn. a good it was a good one. Yeah, speaking of damn, Farouk was there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I uh <laughs> yeah, you forgot that uh that he was also Ron Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So because we're not gonna do the the uh the retro beer ratings, uh we're just gonna get straight into the weekly wrestling recap. We're gonna start from last Friday, SmackDown. Okay, yeah, for sure. I have that open oh i accidentally just closed it yeah so uh honestly a pretty good episode of smackdown uh happened live from msg uh apparently there was a dark match after the show with john cena teaming up with some people i think it was the mysterios go, yeah i think it was the mysterios and i forget who the, who they went he went up against the, the against. bloodline okay that makes sense yeah, so pretty weird dark match, but pretty cool if you were there at the show. Yeah, I think especially with Cena like not being announced, unless like he was announced like after you bought your tickets or whatever. But like I feel like somebody would have at least leaked that. But pretty neat to get to see Cena there. Yeah, I thought like if you were at that MSG show, like you definitely got your money's worth. Yeah, it was a that was a hell of a show. Yeah, there were there was a lot going on in that show. Yeah, so- uh, I mean, starting off with with Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate, that whole storyline. Yeah, uh, the Brock just coming out right away saying, "Why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam?" Yeah, the entire <laughs> like everyone's just on the edge of their seat, like, "What's going to happen?" Because like this is like the most, in- this is the mm-hmm. more interesting. Is Raven farting? I mean, I know she, I, I know no, she, she's moving chairs, but it sounds like Raven's chairs. Farting. No, she's moving chairs. Mm-hmm. She's she that's what I would say tennis. too. She that's wants what, to play tennis ball. That's what I would say too. If uh, if I was farting, I was like, oh, the chair just moved. 
<laughs> or there's a, a a barking spider or something. Nah, she's pretty energetic because I spent so much time not at home yesterday. <laughs> mm, you should uh, you should be better. Can't help it. But yeah, so Reigns and Lesnar, they basically come face to face. Uh, everyone's basically on the edge of their seats, just like, where is this going? I think this is the more interesting of the Reigns storylines here being, you know, Lesnar and Reigns or Balor and Reigns, which we'll get to. And yeah, Lesnar says basically what you just did. And Roman just kind of like gets out of the ring, right? And then Heyman tries to like, I guess, make up to Brock and Brock just goes to give him an F5 and then catches a spear from Reigns. And they've since announced that the two of them are going to be facing off at Crown Jewel in October. Yeah, they sent out a tweet. I think it was this morning that was like, it was like, it was like yesterday or today. Yeah. So the tweet did say that it, it was like asking a question, like, will it be for the universal championship to like, kind of like, because Reigns and Balor already have a match at Extreme Rules. Uh, but it's most certainly going to be for the, yeah. for the championship. Which kind of sucks because you uh, we haven't seen the Demon in years at this point since Finn Balor went, went to NXT. I thought and it was uh, when he faced uh, The Fiend in 2019. Yeah, so it was since before... Uh, Finn, yeah, oh, sorry, Finn yeah, went to NXT. Yep, yeah. So he he beats the fiend as as the demon Finn Balor, and goes away, leaving his the fiend's undefeated or sorry the demon's undefeated streak uh, intact. And then they bring him back years later, and it seems like right away they're going to break that undefeated streak. <laughs> Raven does not think so. It sounds like. Uh, she she thinks Reigns is gonna lose. Well, not not gonna happen unless it's like a DQ thing. Well, dogs are not allowed to make predictions anymore. After Honey won the, the title, yeah, there was a uh, just a little backstory <laughs> here. There was one time where we were just kind of fucking around and using like food, like f- piece of food number one or piece of food number two, and even like lay it down. And one would be picking one thing, one would be picking another thing. And then, uh, well, my dog had better predictions than everyone else and technically won. So it, w- it was kind of fitting, too, because it was the silent WrestleMania from the world's most silent dog, unless someone rings the doorbell, of course. Yeah, that's true. Or I like <laughs> get him fired up or if he's yeah. like or if he's like playing with a toy and I ask him to share, then he'll growl at me because. He's selfish. Oh, he's really bad at sharing. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's, he wouldn't be, wouldn't be like a good, he wouldn't be someone that you would want to like hang around your kids because he doesn't, he doesn't like to share. Yeah. He doesn't teach the values of sharing. Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of uh, a dick. Yeah. So back to the, the Balor and Reigns thing. So we, we got the return of the demon Finn Balor at the end of the show. Him and Reigns come face to face. And then they just kind of close out the show and they've since announced that they like were, I guess they had already announced that they'll be facing each other at extreme rules. So that kind of like gave the cliffhanger for that where uh, back to with, with the whole Lesnar thing though, like where do you think 
in the end of this, where do you think Paul Heyman's allegiance will lie? I don't know. Um, Paul Heyman did do that thing in the middle of the ring after Roman's left, Roman left, uh, where he was like, my name is Paul Heyman and I used to be the advocate and, and he did the whole hype up and then Brock's like, yeah, that's just like old times. And then that's when he goes to F5 him. I feel like Paul is, is a Brock man. I just threw it weird. And I don't think Reigns really needs him anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure if he ever did, but it has made, it has like Paul has made him better, but I think you're right. Also, he kind of doesn't need him anymore. I also think that when, when Roman first did his heel turn and you know, it, it, I think it kind of legitimized the heel turn and it, it turned some heads to the point where they're like, all right, I'm, I'm willing to watch this. And since then, you know, Roman has solidified himself as his fucking mobster boss personality. And now Paul Heyman just kind of sits, sits by the wayside. I think Brock needs Paul more than Roman needs Paul. I agree with that. However, I think at the end of this, Reigns and Heyman will probably stick together. I don't know why, yeah. but I think that... You're, you're a big old dummy. Yeah, I mean, I have been one of the worst predictors not named <laughs> not named Andy in the last like well since this podcast started so who really gives a shit what i have to say i guess really just three people yeah other stuff on smackdown uh becky lynch and bianca belair had their contract signing didn't i don't remember it getting physical i the only thing i really remember about it was like becky lynch wore the most ridiculous attire to the ring that was, like a, she, she looked like her big old jacket. Right? Yeah, she looked like Liberace or something. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah, so that match is on as it was the week before for Extreme Rules. Uh, we also had... Actually, the only other thing that I had for SmackDown was the Edge and Rollins match. Great match, yeah. Yeah, so this was just an excellent tv match and i did realize how long the commercials were and how how many commercials there were when i was watching this match though yeah i feel like there was like three maybe four commercial breaks in this match yeah like two and a half minute commercial breaks it was a long time i mean that's i feel like that's what most commercial breaks are probably it sounds like something they would be yeah i guess there's really no way in that one no, I don't think there is. Um, but yeah, they they put on an awesome match. Seth Rollins ends up winning this one. I wish he would have won at the pay per view instead of, and then Edge win here. But you know, fuck me, I guess. Yeah, it'll, it'll just. I think it'll just keep this feud going. Well, yeah. So Edge ends up. So I. I mean, stretchered out. Ooh. Oh, That's yeah. I forgot. I, 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 I forgot that that actually happened. I thought you were like predicting that he was going to do that. So they're, they're obviously going to have a third match and it's almost certainly going to have like a stipulation. When will that be? And I mean, what kind of match do you think they're going to do? It's going to be at Crown Jewel, probably. You don't think Extreme Rules? It could be at Extreme Rules, but yeah, I mean, Extreme Rules is happening first, so I guess it would make more sense short term, but I, I don't know. I feel like Edge is probably going to be at so, uh, at the Saudi show and 
maybe that'll be their fourth match even because <laughs> oh dear there's there's no rules when it comes to booking crown jewel that's true it, it's literally a glorified house show yeah i i think i think extreme rules but i don't think extreme rules match i think it's going to be more of a uh let's see like maybe some sort of like false count anywhere or last man standing type what i'm not hoping is that it's the only match that's not just a regular singles match on the card because right now we've got four matches at extreme rules and they're all just regular singles matches yeah i think some of those will be elevated uh i'm not really sure if becky lynch and bianca is going to be one of those matches that gets elevated to an extreme rules match because they already signed the contract they'd have to sign the contract and then you have to get lawyers involved and stuff yeah that's true nobody likes doing that yeah i think the one that they might do is the uh sheamus and priest match so that you can have raw get a one like an extreme rules match on there and then the only other one i can think of would be like reigns and balor because there's, there's only those four matches announced so there's those three and then bliss and flair so well, if you if you make reigns and balor a extreme rules match there goes my uh finn balor staying or the demon staying undefeated by disqualification hmm I mean, maybe maybe he wins, Joe. I don't know. Go ahead. Write that down in pencil. I mean, if I were to write it down, it would most certainly be in pencil. Yeah. Let's get real. Uh, did you have anything else for SmackDown? That was, I mean, those are the three major moments for me. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, I don't have much to talk about with this, but the Street Profits and the Usas, they did put on a good match where the Street Pop- Profits won by DQ. Yeah, once again. How did that wait? How did that one end this week then? Oh, Roman Roman interfered. Yeah, Roman. Because the, the, the week before they also won by disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. This um, week it somehow. Was, this week it was uh it looked like the Usos were gonna lose and Roman just came and beat up whoever was putting I think was it a submission? I don't remember. Uh probably. I honestly don't remember. Oh, we get, it, it we was, get like it, a we get like a week removed from these things. Like it's Friday now. SmackDown happened pretty much a week ago. Uh, that's this. This is why I write these things down. My memory is terrible. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a a frog splash into a pin that Roman came in and beat broke up. Oh, the one dude, the one I love the new one eighty frog splash that he does. Mm-hmm. Looks so cool. Yeah, but aside from that, that's all I all I have from from SmackDown. Well. All right then. Monday night raw. Joe. Oh, you just want to loop uh rampage in with dynamite then? Didn't watch Rampage. I don't know how often I'm gonna watch Rampage, to be honest. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's uh the only the only it, thing to of note about that is we got the pack versus Andrade match. Andrade won, right? Yeah, it was with assistance from Chavo, and then Andrade and then, turned on Chavo. Yeah. So the thing with me is, like, I, I, at first, I didn't think that Rampage would be a show that really advanced a lot of major storylines. Yeah, I think, I think it's probably good for advancing maybe one major storyline a week, which I figure I can just read about that online. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if something crazy happens, like, I'll probably watch next week's Rampage because it's two hours. It's two hours, and it's the, it's, I think it's either like before or after because they're, I don't think they're doing it live. 
I think I think when they do dynamite and rampage in the same place, they uh, they tape them together, so it's going to be taped anyways. So oh, okay, but yeah, Monday Night Raw. So Raw was pretty eventful. So last week we we even said like this was another thing that came out like between recording and the episode coming out. But they basically hot-shotted the WWE Championship match uh, that Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley were supposed to have at Extreme Rules and made it for Monday Night Raw this week. And then you get... So you get that announcement. Then follow that up. uh, Big E tweets out that he will be cashing in Money in the Bank on Monday Night Raw. Did you ever have any doubts... In Biggie, after that came out, the only doubt that I had was that the ma- was whether or not the match was actually going to happen, it, like the like the cash in or the Orton and Lashley match. The cash in, yeah. My only my only thought was okay, something's going to happen where Biggie can't cash in, like he's going to get jumped. And that's so fucked that like WWE has trained our brains into thinking that like why why should we not believe what we see online? But no, with like cash-ins yeah. and stuff like that, like big announcements, WWE has like trained our brains into thinking that like, no, every time they actually announce something, it's just going to be whatever actually happens. It's going to be something completely different. But no, Joe. We, but, but they didn't disappoint this week. Yeah. I, we, I feel like we have to start by talking about the end of the show. Yeah. We, uh, so I guess start out by saying that Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley, they had a good match. And everyone, like, I think it would have been a more exciting match to watch in individually if we didn't know that what was coming after that match, you know? Yeah. Did you, did you ever think that maybe Orton would win? I did. I did. I thought maybe Orton would win and he'd get his 15th title reign for a couple minutes, you know, because WWE has done that before where someone gets a title and then the, the cash in happens. Yeah. I, I had the same thought. But I think I am kind of happy with the way that it, that thing shaked out with Lashley ended up beating Randy Orton. He's celebrating. And then I th- was it after the match that he put Randy Orton through the announce table? And that was yeah. the spot where it looked like Lashley like injured his left knee. And then as soon as that happens, Biggie's music hits and we have a cash in. Mm-hmm. And I legitimately, even up to that point, up until they even announced that Big E was cashing in his money in the bank, I'm I'm on the same boat with you. Like I was like, all right, how are they gonna fuck this all up? Mm-hmm. Like, how are they actually not gonna have him cash in money in the bank? Nope, it happened. There was there was times in the match where I think I think Lashley hit a spear on Big E. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my fucking god, are you serious? It's yeah. over. They got me really. They got me really good on that one. Yeah, I, I just have such little faith in the the creative on Raw that I thought until it actually happened, it was one of those things where I wasn't going to believe it until it happened. And I mean, once once Bobby actually started putting up offense, which I which I enjoy, I, I thought that Raw was going to upset everybody. And I couldn't imagine the backlash that would come from that with, with all the positivity that came out after Biggie won the title. 
I couldn't imagine what the backlash would have been if they if they screwed up Big E's money in the bank win, or money in the bank contract. Yeah, I can't. So so yeah, obviously Big E hits the big ending on Bobby Lashley, wins the WWE Championship. Woods and Kingston come out and celebrate, and just an all time special moment. And I don't think I, I'm trying to remember somebody that's along the same lines that that was so beloved by the locker room that just got such a well, I think Kofi Kofi's a good example Kofi yeah I, I I can't think of another one though where it's like nearly the entire locker room just is so congratulatory of somebody's big championship win it just made it feel so much more special to see that have the feelings that you feel because I mean everyone likes Big E I don't think yeah. there's anyone in the world that doesn't like Big E. He's so he's so awesome. And then Jim Cornell. Cornette? Cornette. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm tired. Cornell yeah, Jim a, Cornette came. Cornell's a yeah, university. Yeah. You're right. I've watched The Office enough times to know uh, know a lot about Cornell. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Jim Cornette uh came out after he won and and basically said he, he's a childish character. Why would anyone want to watch that? But everyone knows that Jim Cornette's a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's because <laughs> it's because it's fucking entertaining, Jim. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Go play tennis. Sure. I don't really follow him that much to know whether or not he's a big tennis fan or player. Yeah, like he one of his things is that he'll beat people with a tennis racket. That's like definitely happened on. Oh, on yeah, that did happen on one of those retro reviews. reviews. We watched, yeah. That did happen there. Yep. I do remember that. Man, that was a that was a deep but, yeah, cut. So, that was a deep cut right there. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> liked it. All three of them. But yeah, it, it just like you, like every I feel like everyone watching that on TV or live in the crowd, like you get such a good hearted feeling about the win by Big E. And then it's it's just uh advanced even more by seeing the reaction online by all of the all the wrestlers in the locker room. And it just makes you feel even better about it. Now, is this almost certainly due to the fact or due to AEW? Well, so I, I mean, I, I've, there have been reports that come out that have come out that said that the, there was a plan for Big E to cash in around the time of the draft. And it seems like they just, you know, pulled the trigger a little earlier than they had originally planned because of AEW. But it was along the same timeline that we were going to see it anyway. Yeah. So they just followed through with a, a plan of of the draft in response to AEW beating them in the demo. And I mean, if if that is the case, I mean, it just goes back to what I said a few weeks ago. Like we as fans, we are the winners in this wrestling promotion war between WWE and AEW. Yeah, We're just you gonna, imagine if they actually made Raw good now, like like consistently good. You know what I'm going to do this week is tune into Monday Night Raw like as soon as I can. I'm not just going to like put it on the back burner and watch AEW and NXT first like I normally do because yeah. sometimes I do that. Sometimes I just look at everything that happened on Raw and then I just watch it after the fact just to make sure when I talk about it, I seem to know what I'm talking about and then fast forward through most yeah. of it. But yeah, I there was that. There was um, the we had a, a United States Championship Open Challenge uh, Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy, also a good match. And yeah, 
I love the fact that they brought back the U.S. title open challenge for this week. I hope they continue to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I hope they do it in the way that like every defense is an open challenge instead of like announcing. Cause we already know we're going to get priest versus Seamus at extreme rules. Now, could that change? Yes. Like somebody could beat priest or somebody could get a non-title win over priest before then and have a, have a claim to a United States championship match. Uh, add extreme rules and add them to the match or something like that. But it, re- wrestling's always better when you don't know what's going to happen. When, yeah. when you have the element of surprise. So when you already have a Damian Priest versus Sheamus match booked for extreme rules and you get Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy on Raw for the United States Championship, it's already a foregone conclusion who's going to win the match. Yeah. I feel like the open challenge is for the United States championship is always going to be like something that comes back. Like John Cena obviously was the, was the big name here. And since John Cena did the, the United States open challenge, he defended it every week until he lost it. He like, that's something that the face competitors normally go back to, but even like, like Seamus's title reign, he said he was holding an open challenge where he would just beat the shit out of people and yeah. not actually put the title on the line. Yeah, and then he just didn't. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's one of those things that I think will always belong to the United States Championship now. Just like like the Intercontinental title is held and held with with ladder matches. Yeah, like the multi man ladder matches that they normally yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love that 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 they've like kind of made those a thing with those championships so that you can like sort of come to expect stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it does, it does make it like fun to watch and it, it does give you like with the open challenge aspect or like a multi-man ladder match aspect, like you always have the element of surprise, like anybody could win stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and like I said, that's, that's what makes wrestling better is the element of surprise. And that's why, that's why AEW right now is crushing it because on a week to week, just keep doing surprise debuts on, on a week to week basis. It's like, what is go- like, oh shit, I have to tune in because I have no idea what's about to happen. You know, aside from that, I think that for the first time in a long time, I'm excited to see what Shayna Baszler does. She had a, she had a really good match with Charlotte. It was a non-title match. Charlotte ends up taking the W and then they go right back to something. And I don't want to see which is announcing a Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax match. But if they just keep the momentum of Shayna Baszler's match with, with Charlotte and actually make her someone that you're, you're, you're afraid of and that you want to see in the ring, then you could bring the allure back to Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I don't think it'll take much to bring back like her being a dominant competitor in the ring. And I don't mind them setting up a Baszler and Jax match. Uh, I think it's more suited for Raw unless they don't have enough matches at Extreme Rules and they're going to do it there. That's, you know, that's fine with me. Yeah, I'm just, I just, you know how I feel about Nia Jax. I just, I don't think she should be in the ring with anyone. Yeah, most of the time I agree with it. Sometimes I think she can do good stuff in the ring, but yeah, yeah them them doing the breakup with them finally is, I feel like kind of what we've been looking towards for a while. And I think I think the icing on the cake will be like if Natalia and Tamina end up losing the tag titles and probably lose it to Shotzi and Knox. We we might be we might be able to talk about the women's tag team division again. 
if it if it starts it be. being treated it's, the right way. They still don't have a lot of people in the women's tag team division. But. Yeah, they just need to form teams that it, it needs to make sense as to why they're a team, not just like mm-hmm. they were a team one week and now they're just going to be a team from here on out. You know, build us a new team like RK Bro. You know. Yeah. Like. Like something, something natural, organic, or when, organic. Yeah, like it can be in the plans to make somebody a team. Just make it happen. Like do do the backstage segments. Do I? I just don't know. I. Yeah, I mean, they honestly, just have, they just have to like do a slightly more thinking when they book it. Like instead of just a- throwing a- shit together. AEW is the same way when it comes to the women's tag team division. I mean, obviously they don't have the titles yet and maybe they'll, they'll probably do a better job once they do have women's tag team titles, which is also really weird to me. Cause you know, I was thinking about that. I think I saw an article that's like titles that they can introduce in AEW. Uh, and one of them was the women tag team title. And then I started thinking, wasn't there like a, a competition, like a multi-week competition that they held like a, bra- a bracket style tournament where they were going to like basically set up the women's tag team division. I feel like they did do like a women's tag team tournament. I know for sure they've done a f- one, maybe even a few more like women's just singles tournaments for the number one contendership. Cause yeah, uh, but I, I feel like they did a, a women's tag team and, and I thought that it was even announced that it was going to end with there being women tag team titles i think it was more speculation by twitter okay yeah so that that was weird i so i I can say the same thing you know you have tag teams on on the AEW women's division but they're still both single stars like thrown together because they're friends you know take take conti and anna (laughs) jay penelope ford and whoever the fuck the bunny the bunny yeah like they have women's tag teams, but they're they're both just single stars that are just kind of hanging out together. Yeah, they're all. It's really just like they don't have team names because AEW is more faction based, right? Every almost everyone mm-hmm. except for like John Moxley and Darby Allen and CM Punk is in a fucking faction at this point, and I guess Danielson. Yeah. So it's really just like they're they're in some sort of faction, and the women's one they don't really have any women only factions. They just had they like like you said they just have like friends like you have Britt Baker's trio, her yeah. Jamie Hader and Rebel, but yeah like I think I think it would take some work but I think they could get there I think they just had to pay a little bit more attention to it like yeah. if, if they're going to end up doing a women's tag team division. Uh, back to so the the Charlotte and Baszler match though right Charlotte wins and then Alexa Bliss comes out and. I thought they cut a hell of a promo. Like I don't have any quotes from it, but like just just like just bad note taking on my part, but yeah, I do was, I do like specifically remember like Bliss crushed the promo. Yeah, it, she she was saying she said something to the effect of Charlotte being like a cold-hearted self-centered bitch. But yeah, she had like one really funny comment just like just her the character work that she does and like the the making fun of Charlotte and she's like where she was like, I'm completely paraphrasing this because I don't remember what it was, but she was like, oh, I don't need anyone. I don't need any friends because I'm the queen. It was just like, it It was just so funny. Like she, she's done an excellent job with that. Yeah, she has. And 
honestly, like it's the, the more that they, that they do the, like the little back and forth every week. Like it, it's actually making me look forward to their match at extreme rules and what the, what, what it's supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's one of the matches I'm really looking forward to the most, mostly because of the fact that like, well, I think we could, we could see potentially a title change, but that's not, a, that's not a prediction yet. Let's spoiler. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Put that on record. That's not my prediction yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really think there's anything else much on Raw. They had a couple like men's tag team matches that that were just thrown together. They had Dewdrop and even Marie, which fuck it. Fuck that. Yeah. And that's that's really all all that went down on Raw. There was another report that came out that said that MVP broke a rib in his in the tag team match with with Randy Orton, like Randy Orton hit an RKO and he, he and now MVP is out indefinitely, at least in a in the ring aspect. Yeah, I did see that. Um, get well soon to him. He also tweeted yeah. out that like it's a good time for him to get his knee fixed as well. So yeah. you know what? Hopefully he fixes it up and then he can get back in the ring and be a little bit more mobile. Than, than what he has been. So is it is it now time to talk about the the debut of NXT 2.0? Yeah, I think that's the only thing we really can talk about at this point. So um, give me give me your off the cuff reaction. Just put your put your mind at Tuesday night. It's ten oh five. What was going through your mind? So honestly, like. Through the majority of the show, I was thinking like they, they they right off the bat start introducing new new people, and that's what we expected. I think it was just kind of like a culture shock where right off the bat they introduced uh, Rex something, Braun Braun Breaker. Uh, oh yeah, Braun Breaker. It's Rex. Uh, he used to go by yeah. Rex Steiner. He's Rick Steiner's kid. Yeah, so like right off the bat, they introduced him. They put him in a match, and I was like, okay, I understand what they're doing. Like they're they they want younger younger faces, and they want this to be an actual developmental thing. So they're introducing new people, and they they kind of did a a what was it the the Viking experience to that to him where it was he, he got his name changed earlier in the week to Rex Steiner, and then it was like. Braun Steiner, and then it was like Braun Breaker. It was like they they changed his name like three times within a, the the set of like <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so they kind of and that's I I hold that to the same regard of when the Viking Raiders showed up on Raw, where it was like they were like obviously they were what were their what was it the Viking they, they were the War Raiders. Yeah, they were the War Raiders, and then they showed up, and they were the Viking Experience, and then they they changed their name again before they finally became the the Viking Raiders. Um, yeah, so so <laughs> WWE hot swaps names a couple times, but the the absolute outrage when they were the Viking Experience like made them made stop Raven made them change the the name of, of that team, and I guess they just wanted to get something right when it came to Braun Breaker. But yeah. yeah, so and then like I, I was like, okay, they they've debuted a new person. That's cool. And then like later in the night they debuted another new person. I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. And I actually don't like this one. Because it was at the expense of Kyle O'Reilly 
in that in that championship match. So I, I was understanding and I, I knew that that they are developing new people at this point and what we shouldn't expect like five like the, the the match quality that we we see. And then they started fucking with, with my boy KOR. And I was like not okay with it at that point. Yeah. So I would say with me, my outlook on NXT at 9 p.m. on Tuesday versus 10 p.m. on Tuesday changed drastically. Going back to it, I thought the very first match, like we had Braun Breaker versus LA Knight. And LA Knight's supposed to be in this fatal four-way match at the end of the night. And he still yeah. was. He, he competed twice on Tuesday. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, it didn't, especially because you gave LA Knight the, the, lose, the pin. So the only thing that I can make out of it is, and I've already seen reports of it, is that they're going to push this kid super hard, Braun Breaker. Yeah. And I guess that's the fastest way to do it is have him beat someone who was already a number one contender for the yeah. NXT championship. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. My thought was because LA Knight freaking lost uh, the first match is that he was going to win the NXT championship later that night ended up not being the case. But yeah, we got we got a bunch of new names. So we already talked about Braun Breaker. There was um, what the fuck was that guy's name? That came the guy that came out with Carmelo Hayes. I wrote uh, it down. Hold on, I wrote it down. Trick Williams. Trick Williams. That was just kind of like a what? That was their way to turn him heel. He came out with Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, it seems like they're going the heel direction now, even though they beat down Duke Hudson, who was who already was previously a heel. A heel? Yeah, yeah. Just didn't really make sense. I guess it's really just like the way that they beat him down. But yeah. I mean, they they came out, cut a promo. Duke Hudson, like they were walking to the back, and Duke Hudson was walking out to the ring for a scheduled match, and that ended up not happening uh, because Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes just beat him down in a yeah. in, in a heelish style. The other the other big name, I guess not big name, but new name that we got was Von Wagner. Yeah, that was that, first of all lame name. That's. That's a pretty lame name. That's uh, indicative of Vince McMahon really having his hands in some of the NXT stuff now. <laughs> Von Von, just not a cool name. Sorry, not a cool, not a cool name. Now, if he was Vaughn, like Vince Vaughn, instead of Von, uh, I feel like it'd be a little bit different. I feel like we'd be talking about a completely different person right now. Yeah. So apparently, they see him as like Von Wagner as a future WrestleMania main eventer at this point what the fuck yeah uh, and i also saw that it was because if you look at him and you don't immediately think caveman they they are drawing parallelisms to his appearances with edge like vince is ready to push this guy because he looks kind of like edge and i and i looked at the picture afterwards and i was like all right yeah i, I suppose he kind of looks like a like a love child of Edge and Edge, the, Edge Light and, and the the caveman from from the Geico commercials. I think that's what he looks like more. And even, <laughs> even Chad, like when they so so they announced that he's in the match. Here's what I so I'll break I'll I'll talk about what actually happened and then I'll talk about what should have happened because Von Wagner didn't end up winning the match. Which after he got announced for the match, I was like, oh, like. Me and Chad were like, oh, fuck. Like, is this fucking no-name caveman about, like, 
he even said like what in the caveman bullshit fuck is this like he was cussing mm-hmm. up a storm so Kyle O'Reilly gets beat down backstage by Pete Dunn and name 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 uh fuck guy that's always with Pete Dunn uh Rich Holland Jesus that took me a well it didn't even take me it took me way longer than it should have I didn't even get it so it took me an infinite amount of time yeah he gets beat down by Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland backstage and you're like oh shit and then Von Wagner comes in and kind of like makes the save quote unquote he just basically chases him out of the locker room and just like kind of tends to Kyle O'Reilly for a little bit and then later in the night William Regal announces that O'Reilly can is is physically unable to compete, which I think is a legitimate injury as well. I think he legit got hurt during his match with Adam Cole at Takeover, and he's still not like all the way good from that. Potentially. Um, So instead of putting someone else in the match that deserves it, William Regal just decides to put Von Wagner in the match. Now, as soon as he said the words. Kyle O'Reilly is physically unable to, to compete. It kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh, that's why they had the Braun Breaker LA, LA night match. I thought they were going to put Braun Breaker in the main event, which would have made a little bit more sense. You have a guy that just beat one of the number one contenders. Why not put him in the fatal four way match? But that would make too they, much sense. Yeah, they, they chose the guy that came to the came to the aid of Kyle O'Reilly when he was getting beat down. Yeah. So they put Von Wagner in the match. So just and, I was Googling Von Wagner just now, just so I could kind of get some get some information on him. And when I Googled it, Google pulled up Alexander Von Wagner, who was a Hungarian painter, just so you know. Interesting. Yeah. So that's probably maybe, where they got his maybe name from. the country of Hungary should file a cease and desist on WWE. Maybe. For using a famous painter's name of of their country. Yeah, probably. Just saying. I mean, WWE likes to throw out cease and desist all the time. But yeah, it, that was that was the kind of shit that you saw on Tuesday for pretty much like the first hour, 10, hour, 15 minutes of the show. But then in the next 45 minutes of the show, we got the Fatal 4-Way match and the wedding, which were fucking amazing. Both of them. Yeah. So, so first of all, I, I like before we like skip past that final four, that, that fatal four way, I definitely didn't expect Tommaso Ciampa to pick up the win there, but I'm not upset. I was a hundred percent, a hundred percent expecting Pete Dunn to win. Um, you're going to a NXT 2.0 is going to like a developmental path. I was not expecting somebody of Ciampa's experience or Ciampa's <laughs> tenure on NXT to win, especially after thrusting Von Wagner into the main event. I thought it would be a younger guy such as Pete Dunn or even Von Wagner, but it ended up not being the case. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is once again, NXT championship and reunited with Goldie. Oh, actually one, one more thing before we get to the wedding, Mandy Rose. Did you see the, the, did you go back and read the conversation I was having with Chad? Yeah. Cause they, they were like, they tease like Mandy Rose is going to debut a brand new character here tonight. And I texted Chad and I was like, Mandy Rose about to debut with brown hair and that's it. Yeah. 
And that was literally it. That was her new character shift was she just debuted with brown hair. But Mandy Rose. Sup? <laughs> like in the, in the words of Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk, if you didn't know, Joe. Damn. Uh, and then we got possibly one of the funniest segments slash definitely the best segment of NXT 2.0 was the uh, the wedding of Indy Hartwell and Dexter Lemus. Yeah, that happened. What did you think of the wedding? It was good. It was a good wedding. I wish I had been invited, but it's fine. And it was just it was it was it was a good comedy act. We all kind of anticipated that that we were gonna finally hear Dexter Loomis's voice, which we did. And there were some other funny moments in there as well. Yeah. We we got the whole the the same the same faces from the bachelor and bachelorette parties uh, showing up at the as the groomsmen and bridesmaids, which you know, thank you for the continuity NXT. That was nice. Uh, got to see my boy Odyssey Jones, and not one time until it was already over did I think this was going to be a successful wedding, because WWE weddings never are. Yeah. And it ended up being a successful wedding. I was very surprised. We had the the minister get what like choked out by Dexter yeah. Loomis, and uh, Beth Phoenix makes the save. Uh, had Austin Theory basically said that he forgot the the rings, and Ikemanjiro ended up having them. Uh, and then I thought the funniest moment was like in the toward the beginning where the minister was like, "Does anyone have any objection to?" these two being basically being married, whatever the spiel is. And everyone except Johnny and Candace raises their hand. And then Dexter turns to all of them, opens up the opens up his jacket and he's got a hatchet inside of there. And everyone just slowly lowers their hand. <laughs> Good call back to last week. Yeah, it was just, it was just all around like a, a, a hilarious segment. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It was very funny. I hope that, NXT continues to be as good as it was. I think like yeah. the I think like the quality of matches that you're going to see is going to be a little bit less than what it used to be, mm-hmm. but I think they can keep it up. Yeah. It should still be pretty good. And that's all I have to say about NXT. Well then uh last show of the week then AEW Dynamite cuz we're recording on Friday before SmackDown. So we had Start off the show with CM Punk making an entrance, and I was like, oh, what's this all about as I was watching it? Uh, turns out CM Punk was just scheduled to be on commentary the entire night, which was awesome. He provided a lot of good stuff, and we opened with Adam Cole versus Frankie Kazarian. Adam Cole making his AEW debut uh, or in-ring debut. He obviously beats Frankie Kazarian in what was a pretty good match, and then he challenged who was it christian cage and the jurassic yeah and jurassic express uh to a six-man tag team match with those three versus him and the young bucks aka the super click uh at next week's rampage at the rampage grand slam show so that's gonna be fucking awesome yeah so honestly like off the cuff like while I was watching the show, I wasn't overly enthralled by the show in general. I thought it was just one of AEW's so-so weeks. 
Um, well, yeah, because I think they'll, they'll do that. They'll they'll do it. They'll have a so-so week to set up like a, a fucking super card, which is then, exactly what this was. It was a setup show. Yeah. But then looking back at, at AEW and like the matches that we had in AEW that are on or dynamite that night, it was it was a pretty good show. Like there were there was a lot of good matches. It just it was more of an advanced storyline show. Yeah, like the matches they put on, they're going to be good. It's just, are you getting a storyline set up week or are you getting one of the super shows? And it's literally a week before their super show next week, the Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe in New York City. So, you know, this basically ended up having to be a setup show for next week. And you, you got to hear a lot of it. Like there was a lot of matches laid down. Like most of most of the night was like one-off matches with stuff being set up. Like ne- like MJF with another promo, uh, setting up a match between him and Pillman next week. They kind of made light of the... Actually, I'll talk about the, the Suzuki incident after everything. Because like last week, you and I were just completely oblivious to that. I didn't even realize like how big of a deal that would actually become. Uh, yeah. They had a little bit more with uh, Cody Rhodes and Aleister Black. They they had a huge brawl to set up their match next week. And then like the setup for Omega and Brian Danielson next week at the Grand Slam Slam show as well. Yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah, they set up a bunch of stuff. Um, some other stuff that happened. Uh, CM Punk was not on commentary the entire night. He ended up getting beat down by Team Taz about like halfway, three quarters of the way through the show, uh, basically setting up. Actually, I think he he and Powerhouse Hobbs are having a match. I don't remember if it's on Dynamite or on Rampage next week, uh, but that's happening soon. Some other stuff that happened before that, they had the uh, like American top team, like Dan Lambert and his goons come out there with the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and they got challenged. That was Another setup they did was for next, I think next week they're doing a, Jericho and Jake Hager versus uh, Page and Sky. I had a funny quote from CM Punk. He said, he said, Dan Lambert is like if Bobby the Brain Heenan had a wardrobe full of affliction, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I, we saw Rosario Dawson, which no complaints there. I think I had a, I think I had a crush on Rosario Dawson even before she became Ahsoka. Like, from Rosario Dawson's days in like Men in Black Two and uh, and like Clerks Two, yeah, and then and then she was Ahsoka, and now I'm just excited whenever I see Rosario Dawson. She was also the I forget even the nurse's name in the the Netflix Marvel series, like Daredevil and Luke Cage and stuff like that. Oh, I never watched those. I watched some of them, but. But yeah, so so like then then we saw Rosario Dawson on Dynamite, and I'm like, yeah, nice, I like her. Yeah, so that was when Malachi Black came out, and uh, he basically said they have an enemy in the stands or whatever, and she was there. She had a her own Nightmare Family jacket, and he goes up to her, and she kind of hops the guardrail, and they kind of get in, I guess like a a little back and forth. She jumps on his back when he turns his back and Cody Rhodes uh, comes down from where, I mean, does like basically a John Moxley and comes down from the stands. And then him and black just 
fight all the way, like all throughout the arena and take it all the way to the back, basically like up through the stands and out through, out through that way. Yeah. And that, I mean, that basically like is the last little bit of that, that we're going to see before they have their blow off match next week. Um, and then the only, the only other thing was the, uh, the Suzuki incident that we just did not even realize was a thing last week. So last week on AEW Moxley and Minoru Suzuki had a match on the main event of dynamite. And basically all I said last week was that it got cut short for TV time, or that's what it looked like. Turned out to be a really big deal that Minoru Suzuki did not get his entrance music put on TV. And now they're basically making that like a part of the storyline. Yeah. Did you, have you seen any of the memes? probably I, I none of them come to mind immediately yeah so so basically what the suzuki incident became was basically like a a dark side of the ring episode where where it sat down with with the wrestlers backstage and it made up some some story about like oh this is where i was the night of the suzuki incident oh yeah <laughs> So, so like one of one of the favorite ones that one of my favorite ones that I saw, and there were actually a lot of good ones, but you, you know how Hulk Hogan like lies about everything to make himself to like hype himself up. What? Like, oh, I, yeah, like and, and like outwardly obvious lies, like saying that that he was he was there with someone backstage when he wasn't even like at that WrestleMania, or that person was dead before that WrestleMania happened. Hulk Hogan so, would never do that. Are you are you crazy? Yeah. So uh, there was one that said, "Let me tell you something, brother. Did you know I wrote Kaze Ninar? Yeah, brother, <laughs> I wrote it for me for my Japan tourist. But I said I decided to give the song to a young Hulkamaniac named Minoru instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's just so many like that. Oh shit, that's funny. But yeah, now they're making it like part of the storyline, which I think is like for like in their best interest. And then just kind of thrust it into the spotlight, thrust Suzuki into the spotlight on AEW for that. Uh, and then I think, what is it? Moxley and Kingston are going to take on him and uh, Lance Archer, part of yeah. Lance Archer, obviously part of Suzuki Goon. So that's also something that's happening next week. Like next week is going to be a fucking huge show. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, for sure. Well, all yeah, right, big big week of wrestling next week because next week is also extreme rules, extreme rules. So it's yep. gonna be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of just like wrestling to the fucking face. I'm excited. Yeah. Wait, what's on Saturday? I thought they said Dynamite was gonna be on Saturday this week. No, no, oh, it's on okay. the twenty second. Okay. No, the Saturday Dynamite is in October. They've been like, they've been, they've been about it. Yeah, they've been announcing that for a while. I think they announced those ones like well ahead of time, so that one the people know when to like tune in for it, and then at the same time, like obviously try and sell tickets for it. But um, all right, let's uh, I mean that's gonna wrap up the weekly wrestling recap. Let's get into the. Uh, let's see a couple listener questions here. Let me let me go way back. I got some way back ones. What do oh, I have? Yeah, here? before yeah, while you're looking through that, uh, just so we don't forget it, other matches that are announced on the supercard are Ruby Soho versus uh Britt Baker and Kenny Omega versus Daniel or Brian Danielson. Yeah, I said that in, one. Oh, I didn't I don't know if I heard that. Yeah, but in a non-title match. 
I think I was looking up the the Hulk Hogan Suzuki incident oh. one. <laughs> yeah, you should you should take a look because there's a lot of good ones out there. All right. Uh I'm gonna do a couple old ones here just so I can like delete them off my phone. All right. Joe. What moment or storyline decision caused you the most anger? Jesus. I wasn't I wasn't pre-gamed on these. Um you you give me an example and then I'll I'll, I'll continue thinking. Uh mine would be probably probably Jinder Mahal becoming WWE champion. Yeah, because it was one. like very obvious that they didn't do it because he was a great wrestler and deserving of it, but because they were expanding into India and wanted more people to watch. Um, the, the only thing that pops into my head right now, because so there, there's obvious, so there's the obvious Brock Lesnar uh, entering at, at money in the bank. Uh, to win the money in the bank contract. I feel like that has to I, I feel like that has to be number one for you. Oh, I have another one actually that also I got another one as well. Um yeah, so obviously that that was upsetting because money in the bank builds like place places people in a situation where they they maybe weren't able to win the WWE championship or put themselves in a, t- a title picture and then it gives them a, a shotgun to the start the, the top rather. So that was that was aggravating because it was just Vince McMahon uh, stroking Brock Lesnar's ego some more. And then the other one I can think of right now is anytime Charlotte's become champion in the last couple of years and the Fiend and Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match. That was the other one I was thinking of the set the Fiend Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match. Holy uh, shit! Uh, I hadn't really thought about like. I, I mean, I'm sort of in the same with you, even though I have access to the questions, I never think about them before I ask them really. So this one also took me a while to think of, but yeah, I would say the Jinder Mahal thing or that Hell in a Cell match, like that Hell in a Cell match, just thinking about it makes me pissed off. Yeah, it, it was, it was so bad. You got a extreme rules match that ended by referee stoppage and people were pissed. All right. Uh, so, so, one other thing, one, like three other examples that are all the same example is before 2017 when we all started watching wrestling together. Where I've gone back and watched watched these matches since, but I know it caused a lot of people a lot of heartache. Was Triple H, Batista, and Roman Reigns all winning the Royal Rumble in the in the mid 2010s? Yeah, the Roman Reigns the Roman Reigns won in twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah, it was twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed like, it just seemed like every person that they picked to win the Royal Rumble, they were just picking the wrong people. It was just like yeah. it didn't make any sense. It's along the same lines of Money in the Bank. Like you want it to be someone who is deserving of a title shot, and like not to say that they're not, but someone who you, the fans want to see main event of WrestleMania. And Ooh, get that get that big shining moment, and they, for and, like a, a long stretch, there was not one. Yeah, so so it was those three years, and anytime Goldberg has come back and and won the Universal Title, to oh, especially boy. fucking Bray Wyatt. I was gonna say especially Kevin Owens. Oh yeah, that one too. Yeah. So obviously there are a lot of moments where we're like, "What the fuck? Why are we doing this Legends bullshit again?" Oh, uh, let's see. All right, we'll do two more. 
Let's see. Which active wrestler or tag team has the best theme song? Well, Finn Balor. Oh, de- Demon Finn Shin- Balor. Yeah. Shinsuke. Ruby Soho. Yep. I like all those answers. I would, I would also throw in already Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. I love those. They're so good. I'm missing a big one. I just feel like I'm missing a really, really obvious one that's like really damn good. Yeah, I can't think of any. I really like Anyone the Street else? Profits music. Yeah. Um, I'm a mom. I guess no one. Bianca, yeah. That's that's what you were doing there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, didn't, you didn't see me. You didn't see me whip my hair. No, you don't have hair to whip. I whip my hair like, uh, or Bianca whips her hair like Ric Flair whips his penis around. Joe, too soon. Way too soon. <laughs> just should not be made light of. Let's just leave it at that. You said helicopter dick, and that is a funny expression. It is <laughs> the act. The action. Yeah. The act, yeah, the act is not nothing yeah, funny about it. Come on, Joe. All right, last one. Oh, this was a good one. What do people that don't swear say during sex? I don't. <laughs> da- daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy. Yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. This this was a uh, one I saw I saw on Twitter. And the, the reply was, oh, heck, goodness gracious, and great googly moogly. <laughs> oh, what are you doing, step bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that. Googly moogly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. No, the, the question was people that don't swear. Oh, frick. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit damn it i said it again all right um (laughs) all right we're gonna close out so next week next week we're actually gonna have our beer ratings for uh over the edge in your house from 1998 joe promise that you're gonna watch it you son of a bitch shame it was just a confusing week everybody boo this man boo raven stop booing me boo uh, so we're going to have that. It's going to be a little bit longer of a show because we're going to have three segments. Once again, we're going to have our predictions for extreme rules. And we're obviously going to talk about the weekly wrestling recap. We're going to talk about uh, the basically the fallout on Monday Night Raw. What's going to happen with Big E now and who's his next challenger going to be. We're going to talk about the AEW grand slam show from arthur ash stadium and whatever smackdown's doing tonight probably building more towards uh reigns and the demon finn balor and uh and lynch lynch and belair yep some more brock lesnar stuff so we'll see what happens there and there will probably be obviously you know a ton of news that comes out between now and sunday when the episode drops so you know i'm really excited for that thanks wrestling world as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell all your friends about us to help grow the show, get us higher than uh, three fans, three listeners. That would be great. Looking at you, Aubrey. Yeah, Aubrey. 
Aubrey, let us know if you're actually the one that's listening. Maybe we'll stop making fun of you. Probably not. You're a pretty bad ref. <laughs> uh, and we thank we thank everyone for everyone continuing to listen. Uh, we have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan and Joe. We'll catch you on down the road.